How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. As always, I'm your host, Reagan Harrell. A great episode for y'all today. We'll keep the intro short, rock and roll, and fall sports, a lot of previews. We're going to continue that with a preview from two coaches. That's right. We're going to have two coaches on at the same time. First time we've ever done that uh, on Suncast. Really excited. It's Coach Clay Roberts and Coach Caleb Roberts, brothers and coaches of the men's and women's soccer teams at Southeastern University. A great interview lined up with those two, get to talk about their experience playing uh, with each other, against each other, uh, coaching with each other, and, of course, uh, being together at Southeastern uh, for all these years and all this success that they have had. Like I said, we're going to get into a lot of it. Great interview. Uh, really not much else to get into other than, as you can see, uh, we're back on Twitter. Uh, took a little bit of break from the video episodes on Twitter. Just some analytical stuff I wanted to see there. But this episode, back on Twitter, fully back on Twitter. So, hello, Twitter, again. Um, planning on every episode in the fall being on Twitter um yeah and as you can clearly see back in florida back in my apartment i got in about uh less than an hour ago got in less than an hour ago from georgia like flew from new york to georgia stayed at yesterday in georgia uh and then drove down to lake wells good little five and a half hour trip good little trip but um yeah back uh really excited about the fall i've already given that spill uh josh is going to be coming on uh the episode on tuesday him and I have done some talking, so how we're going to do things going forward, um, twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday, or Monday and Thursday. Yeah, Monday, Thursday, we may we may do a Tuesday, Friday, um, just kind of depending how the weeks look, um, but either Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, basically that's kind of how we're going to be doing our weeks, doing our episodes uh, starting now throughout the rest of the fall. Uh, so yes, the two episodes officially back, uh, him and I, we're going to uh hop on together finally again uh he's really excited about the fall he's graduated um that's kind of one of the cool things about this semester is we're gonna have actually someone that's graduated uh we already have their bachelors uh on the team josh is going to be doing that he'll be able to do a lot of football games covering football uh of course manny and brian they're going to be covering volleyball cross country we've already uh we've already had that conversation of course i'm doing men's and women's soccer and that's what we're doing uh, today, talking a little men's and women's soccer, uh, especially out of Lakeland, Florida. They've had two really good teams, um, very, very high on the women's uh, soccer team for Southeastern University. That's a team that's returning a lot. Going to uh, get get more in, into that here in just a minute. And I think Southeastern is going to be uh, really fun in men's soccer, too. A lot of faces uh, to talk about, but so many coming so many coming back for women's soccer. I don't even know what I'm still talking about. We're about to talk about it with two great coaches. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it over to myself and the head coach of the men's soccer team for Southeastern, Coach Clay Roberts, and the head coach for the Southeastern women's team, Coach Caleb Roberts. Okay, we welcome on two very special guests, Coach Clay Roberts and Coach Caleb Roberts, the men's coach and the women's coach for the Southeastern University. Guys, uh, I was talking with Donnie, uh, who helps me uh, most of the time with setting up uh, meetings and interviews and whatnot, and I just had the idea. I was like, hey, you know, instead of a coach and a player, I'm sure we'll have on players throughout uh, the fall. Why don't we get the brothers on and, and get the get both coaches on? And he was like, that's a great idea, but that's – uh want to say guys uh, first i appreciate y'all coming on uh coach clay we can start with you and then coach caleb how y'all boys uh doing right now yeah we're doing good man thanks for having us and uh yeah we're excited for for the season the, the semester to start first day of camp started today so um yeah man we're, we're ready to go got to find out who is uh who is in shape and not not quite there 
uh, that, that first day. That's the truth. You, you know all about that. I'm about to find out that this week, this week, actually, uh, getting ready. Ray, we were just talking about uh, before. Coach Caleb, how you doing, though, boss? We're good. You know, it's been a, you know, we're halfway through day one. So there's only like 15, 16 more days to go before we get to play that first game. So start the countdown early. All right. We're going to get plenty into the season. Uh, obviously, the the new format of the Sun Conference schedule, we're going to talk plenty about about that and y'all's out of conference schedule. Y'all didn't exactly uh, go the SEC football way of uh, getting, getting cupcakes for your, your uh, out, out of conference games. So you can say, I got plenty of the Georgia stuff. I can say the SEC schedule jokes. But uh, Co- Coach Caleb, we can start with you and then Coach Clay, you can answer. I got this first question for the both of y'all break the ice. How would you describe your brother as a player when he played? Yeah, I mean, knowing Clay for a long time, obviously, um, there's not a center back that I want to go against um, like him. I mean, I'm not going to beat him in the air. I'm not going to beat him, you know, with my feet very often. So the only trick up my sleeve is to move the ball around, make him try to go lateral, and maybe I can sneak in behind him. That's the only bet I got. Coach Clay, you sound like you'd have been my kind of guy. You know, uh, as a goalkeeper, we were talking about before, as a goalkeeper growing out throughout my youth, throughout high school, uh, early on in my high school uh, years, I would have put money. I'd be playing college soccer uh, right now instead of college football, but a little bit easier just catch the football, drop the football, kick the football, than uh, getting kicked in the face and nose broken and fingers broken and all that. But you sound like my kind of center back. Uh, guys going to go and get it out of there, and I don't have to uh, worry about him not clearing one out of the six-yard box. How would you describe uh, your brother Caleb, though, as a player? Yeah, Caleb was a fantastic player. Um you know, I, I I remember watching him, you know, obviously I'm an older brother, so there's a lot of time on the sideline, and, and I wasn't blessed to be able to play with him in high school or anything uh, like my like uh, our younger brother was. Um, but So I got to watch and actually got to coach him a little bit uh, as part of his upbringing, and um, you want to talk about a, a, a tough person to try to go down the middle of the field against as a, a central midfielder. Uh, it's not going to happen. Um, going to get crunched. Going to close space and and uh, and uh, and definitely be the the first to step into those tackles. But also, man, uh, ability to play the ball. You know, passing accuracy with both feet across the field and and uh, not just with quality, but with distance as well. You know, you can ping a good sixty yard ball, and that's a that's a delight for for a winger. You know, to uh, get in behind defenders. So top player. Absolutely got to have that quick outlet go and start the counterattack in the final third. You had a word, you say you said crunch with the midfielder going in and get, getting the tackle. And that was almost like a trigger word for me. I remember my coach, uh, way, way, it feels like, uh, forever ago, just a few years ago, but him, uh, telling our midfielders and center backs, like, I go in there, you got crunch. And I was like, I, I can understand, understand that plenty, but. Guys, let's talk about uh, the teams this year. Uh, Coach Clay, we can uh, stick with stick with you. Y'all, y'all's rosters a uh, little bit different um, as far as what's returning and who's coming back. And for you, Coach Clay, with the men's team, uh, you're losing a lot. Uh, both your keepers uh, that spent most of the majority of time uh, in between the sticks, JJ and Carlos, uh, huge midfielder who, now of course, you still have him in Skyler. Funk, uh, who got drafted by uh, Team U coach for the Florida Tropics. Uh, a couple of other guys, big goal scorers um, as well. Um, Eduardo, he he uh, he's no longer th- there as well. He correct? He graduated? 
No, he's got another year to play. I was one. Okay, I was kind of wondering if he had that COVID year. So that's big, obviously having um, Eduardo back. But uh, in the goalkeeping position and midfield positions, uh, Lucas, another guy uh, being gone as well. Who are some new faces that are going to be huge that you're going to need that are going to step up uh, and fill big needs for you this fall? Yeah, obviously you said it. You know, we lost our, our two goaltenders that that had been here for a couple of years and had done such a great job and. Um, so it was a big, you know, a big part of recruitment. We've got to, we've got to replace that. You know, that was a, a number one priority uh, for us. And so we were able to get a great, uh, a bunch of great goalkeepers in, to be honest. Um, you know, we were able last season uh, behind JJ and, uh, and Carlos, we had a, a true freshman come in. Uh, his name's Jay Bauman and uh, a local product from Tampa who is a fantastic goalkeeper. And so he is, he's here with us again. Uh, obviously he got to sit behind two great senior level goalkeepers yeah. and learn a lot. Uh, and so we didn't burn a year of eligibility on him. Uh, and so we're really excited for his future with us. Um, as he comes into a sophomore year, uh, we were able to get a transfer in from Lindsey Wilson college. Uh, Enrique Cavallini is uh, one of their was the starting goalkeeper at Lindsay last year who did a fantastic job and went deep in the tournament, the national tournament. So we're delighted to have him, um, you know, step on to to campus and and uh, take his place between, you know, the post there. And and so um, we feel really, really excited about, you know, the the goalkeeping, um, what looked like a, a major hold of Phil has turned into an opportunity, you know, that, uh, that two new guys get to come in and uh, great quality in both of them, just two new faces. And so we're excited about that. Uh, the goalkeeper or, or the, the midfielder rather, um, you know, we lost a, a lot of, of midfielders, we graduated a lot of midfielders. Um, and so we have, uh, we've had to replace that as well. And so we've got some fun transfers that were able to come in Um uh, Eddie Tordoff is an English uh, holding midfielder uh, that uh, is transferring in from West Virginia Tech. Fantastic player, a lot of quality in him. Um, also from Lindsey Wilson, um, Victor Calvacante uh, was there with Enrique, and so uh, he he also chose to transfer in uh, this this uh, this fall. And so you know what we feel we've lost in the last year just uh, natural progression guys graduating guys timing out with covid uh that extra year you know we we're just in the time frame to get some new faces in here and so uh we're we're delighted for these guys to join us and and looking forward to uh you know what they bring to the table this season well, you went and got a couple guys from Lindsey Wilson. Like I said, I believe they're the they're the team that uh, eliminated St. Thomas in the men's tournament. Am I correct on that at the at the end of the year last year? They're a good team. They're a good team. Smart move. Smart move, uh, Coach. <laughs> but no, I, I, lo I love you, especially uh, you say you're bringing in two goalkeepers, one that's been with the program but is still young going into uh, his, I guess, redshirt freshman year, and another guy bringing in, you continue with the competition. I'm a huge iron sharpens iron guy, especially uh, between between the sticks. You got to have uh, the best available. Uh, Coach Caleb, uh, with the goalkeeping position, y'all do ha have a returner, but uh, you may, your main goalkeeper, uh, of course, throughout most of the year, uh, Holly Eddins, uh, she, she's moved on. Uh, uh, Hannah Ryberg, another key uh, part of the team from last year. Uh, Hannah uh, has graduated and moved on, correct? Correct. Yes, I, I, I thought so. But for the most part, you return a lot of uh, last year's squad that did very well with stayed in the top uh, 10, 15 majority of the year and uh, 
pr- proved me wrong a, t- a time or two on some predictions uh, last year. I'm looking really forward. Another time, I'm really looking forward to covering. Who are some young players from last year's side that you're looking to take a big step forward uh, heading into 2023? And if there are some new faces, who are some new faces we could expect? Sure, yeah. I mean, losing losing players like Holly and Hannah are, you know, their shots because they've been kind of a staple. Um, obviously, prior to me being at Southeastern, um, prior to Coach Allen even being there and, and Coach Randy. And so, you know, losing some of those names in the locker room are, are big losses, you know, a lot of other ones too, honestly. Um, but moving forward, when we do return, I think it's, you know, from the last game, the Westmont game, the national tournament, I think we bring back nine to ten players who are on the field, um, either in a starting role or a reserve role. And a lot of them are remaining, you know, still three years to play, two years to play. And so we have a really, really strong returning group, like you said. Um, some younger players from last year who are returning who are really going to, you know, look at a different role, you know, this year. Um, I mean, I would have to name Ariana Lozano. Um, Ari, you know, number 34, she's from Spain. Um, you know, we're lucky to have players like this at SEU. She's fantastic. She did really well all year long, scoring goals, being creative, and she really got hot at the end of the year. Where it's you know it's almost like that was the person who's going to make a ma- you know a magical moment happen. Um, but along with her, there was another freshman last year by the name of Madeline Davidson, and uh, she was number eight. Um, she's from Washington State, um, another fantastic young player last year as a freshman. And those two really found a role in a, a super cool environment, almost running in a tandem up top, um, either in a starting role or as you know a reserve, and they would come on almost together, it was like you infused the game in, in a sense of, of new excitement. Just, you know, that 18-year-old energy is completely different than, than somebody else. And so those are two names returning that are young that that I would highlight. Um, we have, a, I think, a really strong incoming class. Um, you know, there, there's there's some some freshmen that, that chose to be with us over some bigger schools um, for culture reasons, which, you know, that's, as a coach, I'm proud of that moment. You know, when they're choosing a smaller school for for a culture, um, something's going right around here. Um, you, uh, uh, not, yeah, not, not, not to cut you off there, but could you elaborate um, after you finish off that point? Could you elaborate some on what do you mean the culture um, of your team? What what why was that a big reason for some of these recruits that, um, like you said, may ha- uh, have had the opportunity to go to a bigger program, but chose uh, to go to Lakeland and be be with the fire? Sure. Yeah. I mean, these girls, so there's 10 freshmen joining us this year. Big class, very big class. We have a pretty good transfer class too. And we actually had these conversations over the past day and a half now that we're here of, you know, it's a, it's a variety of questions. Why SEU? Why now? Or why are you still here? And at some point throughout the, you know, the, the preseason, everyone's going to have a chance to answer that question. Um, whether, you know, it might be, it might be simple as I want to move to Florida. But the majority of the freshmen who are quick to respond, very bold, stepping out, you know, early in preseason are saying it's the culture. So I asked the same question. The culture, what do you mean? Tell me about the culture that you experienced either on a visit, in an ID camp. Um, and the resounding word back was you are a genuine family. It's the most welcoming environment that, that we visited, what we've been a part of. And that's what we've been trying to create and to hear it back in the feedback setting from these younger girls. Um, I mean, it's great. It's a great scenario to be in. 
You know, it's something, and again, every time I, I go down this realm, I have one of my buddies from uh, Weber uh, give me a little bit of crap, but that would be one of them that have asked me this question uh, about Southeastern. Um, it's something that I've noticed, obviously, throughout the uh, athletics, um, every team uh, outside of football, of course, which uh, Josh handles, um, and he even still playing against Southeastern uh, football, very classy group and i just simply say they do things right they they start off with with a a, head, a good culture from the top and that trickles down to the coaches and to the athletes and that's why i say you're in, you're in and you're out southeastern's going to be right at the top along uh with kaiser those are two teams that do it right culturally uh from from the top and it's been a consistent message i mean from baseball uh volleyball bait uh softball obviously do a lot, a lot of work with and this fall going to be doing a lot of work with the soccer teams and it, it's the same thing and um Co- coach clay that's something i'm sure that you've had with you with your side uh, on the men's side being able to build that culture uh, a l- little bit longer than your brother uh, came in as the assistant coach uh f- for uh a good good it was i believe seven years you is that correct, uh, Co- Coach Caleb? You were uh, the assistant. It was eight years. Eight, eight years. Eight years. Yeah. I remember one game I, I came to. I believe you had to step in for Coach Clay as I was like, which? Uh, I remember looking at Donnie. I was like, which uh, brother is that? That doesn't really like Coach Clay. He's like, that's actually Coach Caleb. I believe uh, Coach Clay got a red card um, <laughs> in in the last game. Coach Clay, was that uh, obvious? Obviously, the, the the culture for Southeastern speaks for itself. Uh, but the red card, a little bit un- uncharacteristic. Uh, Coach Clay, what what, ha- what happened there? Why why weren't you uh, there for that one? Hey, a red card's part of the game. <laughs> I hear that. I've uh, I've 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 had one myself. I've had to eat one eat one myself before. I get it. There's there's been some flags thrown on you, some technical stuff, right? Oh I, yeah. I, oh I yeah. I, it's part of the game. Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know which one it was. I don't have too many. I'll say it that way. Yeah. It's not something that that we try to go after. Um, no, absolutely I not. I hope it had something to do with trying to stick up for our team um and and try to to support what they were doing on the field um i would i would bet that's what it was like i said there's not not too uh, been too many of those um because it is it is about the culture and 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 we're the coaches and we set the tone for that and um you know good leadership sets the tone for the locker room and i think that uh, uh if you're asking your players to go out there and compete at a high level and do it the right way you know, sometimes, you know, you got a variable, you got a referee that sees a little bit differently. Uh, As long as we know at the end of the day, we can uh, walk away and say, Hey, we didn't do anything out of character. Uh, We didn't do anything out of what our culture would call for. Um, You know, it may have been received a little bit differently, but um, you know, we're, we're the leaders and we got to set the tone. Uh, And and we expect that from our players. You know, if we're not willing to do it ourselves as the coaches, um, as far as setting the tone and setting the standard, you know, we're, we're going to be a step behind. And so that's just part of the culture. It's one of the many ways that, uh, that, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta lead by example sometimes, but uh, you know, that is a little uncharacteristic. <clears throat> no, I just, that was just one that uh, popped up in my mind, a little memory I, I had from last fall. I, I had to ask you about that one, but uh, before we get, get talking more um, about you two and Southeastern uh, coach Clay or some, I, I wanted to ask you is reading um, your your bio. Something I found really interesting was prior 
uh, to the fire. Uh, you were the vice president of the Ocala Stampede Soccer Club uh, in the USS in the USL. Could you just go into uh, into detail a little bit about your responsibilities in that role, and then what made you want to you know, leave that role and take take the job at Southeastern, if you don't mind? Yeah, no, that's uh, a great question. Um, you know, the 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 ownership group up in Ocala actually. Um, are fantastic people. Uh, they're, they're actually, you know, we're Southeastern, we're Christian school. We don't hide that. You guys know that they were a strong Christian family as well. And, and had a great idea. Um, my, our youngest brother, Shane Roberts was the head coach there at that time. Um, and I was working with a, um, a franchise in the USL and what would be the deemed the championship currently. Uh, and so top, you know, the top professional league division two in the, in the, in the, uh, the country under the MLS and, um, working in an administrative role uh, for that. And, and the club chose to not continue. And that's when the, the guys in Ocala reached out and said, Hey, why don't you come up here and do what you've been doing um, with us, you know, the, like you were in Tampa. And so, you know, just, I think God has a reason for everything and, and was able to go up and join these guys. And uh, like I said, our younger brother, Shane was the head coach at the time. And so my role uh, really was to uh, better the operation um, find ways to make it better uh, on and off the field uh, and, and on the field was not so much the coaching aspect just hey uh, could we do a better job with our marketing could we you know how do we get these guys out in the community how do we get you know more connection to to the uh, to the city um, you know to highlight these players that are that are competing and we're able to to, to start a youth club actually it was really cool um, you know, we, we were able to, to say, all right, here you go. We're going to, we're going to get some kids in these uniforms. Uh, we want some Ocala stampede uniforms out there uh, as part of a support group. You know, you want to have a, a part of your development is to have young players. And so, um, the summer season, uh, which is part of what the USL two is, uh, is so short, uh, people travel, people are, are, um, you know, are on vacation during the summer. And so, uh, we wanted a longstanding, um, you know, base that would be a part of that community. And so a youth club was the natural thing to kind of go and see if we can make it happen and, and did a great job with that. Um, you know, a ton of kids came out and supported and chose to, to wear that Ocala Stampede jersey that was local. And so it was really fun to see them out at the games, uh, which led to great opportunities with sponsorship and, and uh, you know, and building uh, the off-the-field brand uh, that those sponsors really love to see. And so, you know, that, that was my main role there. Um, the team was very successful, uh, went to a final four. We were able to go out to Seattle um, and be a part of the, the final four that were out there. It came up short against, uh, I think it was New York Red Bull and knocked us out, uh, part of the MLS. And, um, but a great experience. I'm really grateful for that time there. Um, and, and it was really out of that last season where our current uh, athletic director here at Southeastern, Drew Watson, called me and said, hey, you know, we're, we're going to have an opening uh, in, in our men's co men's soccer, uh, position. Do you have any interest? I know you've been in kind of the, the administrative role and maybe transitioning to that at the pro level. Uh, do you have any interest in, it was just the right timing for my family. Uh, my wife and I spoke, we had, we had young, a young one, um, and a, and a second one on the way. And so we just said, look, we're trying to be a little bit more stable sometimes at the pro level. Uh, it's not as stable as you want to be. Um, and, and what you're looking for in life. And there's a lot of demands and um, Southeastern came in at the perfect time uh, for our family. And we've enjoyed the last 10 years here. It's certainly been a great uh, 
uh, 10 years. I, that's so cool. I mean, I, that's really not even uh, the answer that, that I thought it, it was going to be. I thought you, you were going to do uh, like a lot more behind the scenes work, but it turns out you're, you're incredible at marketing uh, as well as like, all the stuff uh, you're going with. I was like, wow, that's stuff we talked about um, up in New York this summer when I was with, with the Stallions as far as marketing uh, to the community and classes I have with Dr. Farchman here at Weber. I'm like, oh, I see all this connecting. Uh, so the, so the student athletes listening, sometimes we pay attention to class. You guys see the little connections uh, uh, right there, but that, that that's awesome. And then, it, like you said, God's going to put out a timing uh, for everything. And the timing 10 years ago to you to be at Southeastern, Coach Watson uh, called you up and the connection there has uh, been great. Uh, Coach Caleb, uh, so a little transitioning here back, back uh, fully on to Southeastern soccer. Next week, we're, uh, myself and Josh are going to do kind of our top 10 games for the fall sports, uh, ju- just in general. Three of the top five, and I know he's going to be making a big push for probably like Kaiser St. Thomas football. Um, that's going to that's be a big game. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, three of the top five, because I'm not going to let them be, be outside the top five matchups that I'm most excited about this fall are the, the matchups between Southeastern women's soccer, SCAD, and Kaiser. So many great matchups. I mean, just going through from well before um, I, I was a part of the Sun Conference, going and reading up. Uh, it's like crazy 0-0 PKs for conference championships. The games last year, uh, having multiple uh, combinations of those three teams at the national level, it's always uh, electric between those uh, th- three teams and other members of the Sun Conference as well. But uh, obviously, if, if I could do it, it would be six because, uh, again, we're in this later about playing conference opponents twice uh, in the regular season. But like I said, those matchups, I'm absolutely ecstatic for. Um, and I can't, I can't wait to be out there. And, and I can guarantee one thing. I've already to- uh, put this in the calendar, September 16th, that Saturday, y'all are playing Kaiser at home. That's our bye week. We don't have football. We'll have that Saturday off. I will see you there. I'm going to be at, at that game. That is going to be – I'm telling everybody right now, if you're in the Polk County area, you want to watch some good soccer, that's going to be a top ten. Uh, don't know if the polls will uh, have them at, at a top five at the time that they play. Probably not, but it, it's going to be a top ten women's soccer matchup in the Sun Conference. This is me telling you about it. It'll be the first of many times. But anyways, to get to the question, Coach Caleb, those three teams, they match up against each other at least once a year, usually multiple times a year when you mention a, a tournament. This year they're going to play each other twice. What is it about those three programs that have made, made themselves elite programs and the battles that they that they uh put in year in and year out what is it about that rivalry between those trio yeah i mean it's those are fun games to be a part of um fortunately the the entire sun conference there's not many games where you're not geared up for i mean the sun conference has come around it is it is a gauntlet of a of a conference on the women's soccer side um so it's very tough but for scad and kaiser specifically you know you're starting to see Definitely some rivalries. Um, the coaches, though, I mean, the coaches are great. And I think that's where it's stemming from. The understanding, like, listen, so-and-so's coming to town. Um, let's gear up a little bit, you know. Let's take it a little bit. You know, that week leading up to it, those few days, whether it's a Wednesday, Saturday, whatever that may be, it's just a, a different level because people around the country might be viewing it for this one, just strictly right. based off of the their rankings that, you know, they may be bogus, they may not be – you never really know what those things, but according on paper, like you said, it, it might be a top 10 matchup. 
Um, what I saw last year, all three of those teams deserve to be in the top 10. You know, Scadden's always sat there right around 11. Believe me, come see them live. They're a top 10 team. Um, you know, we, and Kaiser is, you know, number one, number one, number one. They slip up and in the national tournament, they're only slip up, right? And they've right. done that year in, year out. And I think that so the history behind those programs over the past, I mean, since I've been with the women, those three, two, two and a half years, the history there is we're going to be there in November. And that is, it's a, it's, it's a hope, but it's an expectation of the program of we want to be playing, you know, that, that weekend before Thanksgiving. We want to, we maybe want to have a Thanksgiving dinner as a team getting ready to go to the final site. And so that's, it's a different mindset. And SCAD and, and Kaiser, um, among other teams, it's, it's well deserved to be in that conversation. Yeah. And it, uh, like uh, you, your brother and I just, just mentioned a moment ago with his roster uh, coming in with Iron Sharpens Iron. I think it's huge uh, in the men's side um, as well. Coach Clay, I'll be asking you about some uh, pretty good teams from South Florida here in uh, just a second as well. But I think Iron Sharpens Iron. That's why I was very confident in Sun Conference uh, women's soccer going into last uh, last year when we got went into the opening round, obviously uh, Kaiser uh, making a deep run to the semifinals uh, before losing three two to Spring Arbor. Uh, that's a that was a crazy game to be at. That's a whole nother topic to get to get into. Yeah. But uh, th- th- I remember that last year. Remember there was a team like Thomas with uh, Emily Lamoureux uh, as a goalkeeper. I mean she was a brick brick wall. And she was like if you're go- Having Thomas Weber, obviously, uh, right up there. I remember uh, last year being at the majority of that game. It ended in a 0-0 draw. And at the time, mm-hmm. our top 10 team, Weber's non-ranked. Um, and it was like, wow. I mean, it really shows this is a very uh, deep conference. And y'all have to play each other now twice um, this year. Um, and Coach Clay, I'll ask you uh, this question first. But Coach uh, Caleb, uh, right after, I want to hear – both of your takes, um, but Co- Coach Clay, you have to uh, now play everybody twice. Obviously, you've had some incredible battles with uh, teams in South Florida like St. Thomas and uh, uh, Kaiser, other te- other teams in the conference as well, but obviously great battles over uh, the last decade with, with those. But with this new schedule, uh, my biggest takeaway from it is, okay, yes, you have – you, you get to play your conference opponent twice. And I think that that that's also, and I think I was needed, but the big challenge in my opinion with it are you have to get the ground rolling very quickly. Now y'all uh, you, usually you get started uh, in August in September, your non-conference games, which you want to win. Of course you want uh, when you're going to play, um, you, you know, a team like Lindsey Wilson or Georgia Gwinnett, et cetera, et cetera. You want to go and win those games. But, of course, conference play, that's when it's like, okay, we have to be informed and we have to be ready. How big is the challenge, and or do you find it more beneficial that having these games starting in early September rather than October? And then how crucial are these early on games, early non-conference games, to find the form of the squad much quicker? Yeah, it's um, this is going to be a tough year. Uh, the schedule, the way that it's, that it's uh, you know, the home and home. I'm excited about it, first off. Um, you don't get as much time to play those, those games that don't, they don't really matter. Um, you know, they, they good, they look good on paper, uh, but at the end of the day, you get to that conference play and, and that's, that's your, you know, your, your ticket to punch there. And, um, and so it kind of goes two folds. You don't get to play all of these outside competitions that may keep you high in the ranking, which boost your at large, um, 
pedigree, if you will. Um, and so when you don't get to play those and kind of keep you there, you're really relying upon these these conference games. And I know on the men's side, you know, there's been a couple new head coaches come into the conference uh, who are not just uh, new to the block. They are they are seasoned veterans. Obviously, you guys got one uh, and Coach Bond and and uh, and and Florida Memorial got one and Coach Nichols coming over from Central Methodist. And so uh, the men's side. Uh, we've had some good battles with the South Florida teams. I will tell you that it is up for grabs this year. I'm walking into the, the, uh, the conference play, uh, even while we're preparing, we've started talking about it last night in our team meeting. Uh, it will look vastly different. Um, you can get up for one game if you want to, but you better choose to get up for every game because now we've got, uh, many more that matter. And now the tactics come into play. You know, you had one shot at it in the past years and then a second shot in the in the tournament. And that's about it. Uh, you know, you're, you're either moving on or you're done. And so to now have two games where tactics come involved, it, it gives a great opportunity for the teams that, you know, what might be the bottom in the standings and the middle, the mid table teams to get points off of the top, you know, the top teams at the time, just on pure tactics, having to play again before you get to that conference tournament. So uh, it's up for grabs, in my opinion. It'll be different, obviously, than than every year we've played in my time here. But those those non-conference games are crucial, you know, and and you got to take full advantage of what you're able to schedule. Uh, we, we play uh, over at USF, actually, next week, next Thursday. And so I, I really took it as, you know what, we better put ourselves in an environment that is top level so that we can feel that because we don't need to think we're going to get halfway through the conference play and then realize, hey, here's what we need to do. We need to get in front of some of the, the, the top competition in the country and uh, with USF and Rollins and Georgia Gwinnett and Thomas and Point Park coming in. Uh, we don't we don't have a cake game. Uh no. It's not it's not there. Uh, and so I'm excited about that. The guys are excited about that. But that's all by design. It's all by design to prepare for what this conference, um, you know, schedule is going to look like. Yeah. And uh, Co Coach Kayla, if you can just piggyback uh, right off of that, obviously, um, we, we have talked about uh, SCAD and Kaiser now get to play those, those teams twice, Weber uh, and other teams in the conference playing uh, twice as well. What What are your views and your opinion on switching uh, over to this style of schedule? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, reiterating what Clay said, right? It, it's going to be the toughest Sun Conference schedule that fortunately being with Clay for so long for eight years that I've ever seen the Sun Conference. It's, it's on the women's side now, but it's seeing those same teams. I mean, seeing a team twice in a year, it's very tough. You, you see it in other leagues around the world, right? Whenever one plays at one stadium, it's one result. At a different stadium, it could be completely different. There's travel involved. There's, there's new aspects. You've already seen that game film once. There's no secrets coming at you again. Um, you've seen them live. You've played against them already. And, and so you really have to be you know, even more prepared the second time around than the first time. It's not just a given. I be, you know, I was able to to catch a, a team one zero. Uh, when we played them again, they know who scored that goal. They were in that game. It's a whole, it's a whole different environment. And that's the route we took on, on our schedule too. I mean, if you look at it, going up to, to Orange Beach to play, you know, William Carey and Tennessee Southern. Um, respectively, not bad. Yeah, respectively, I think you know three and five. 
um, at the end of the year poll, something close to that, right? Um, and Kaiser, uh, Kaiser right. going up there as well. Um, and so starting off with those teams, a very strong, you know, athletic team in Bruton Parker at home. Um, but even scheduling, same as Clay did, you know, we now, and we're playing Eckerd, who's a very strong team in the, in the you know, Sunshine State in Division Two, And we actually just added, it's not even on our schedule yet, um, Embry-Riddle in a second scrimmage, who actually just, the r- rankings came out, who's the number 10 team in Division Two. So we'll play them prior as well. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned, you know, being informed. You got to be informed quickly this year. Um, I, I would go on to say you had to be in the right form. You got to be in the right form very quick before the, the Sun Conference starts. Um, we're also going to get caught early and, and, and you'll be playing catch up for, for about six weeks. Yeah. I mean, you got to be starting getting ready for conference forms before midterms it, it, even start up this year, a little, little bit different. And I think that's something where you're going to need some senior leadership. And uh, n- this next question again, for uh, both you coach Cub, we can uh, stick with you. You're going to need leadership this year because you're going to have to have smart players make smart decisions because you're going to ha- be able to make adjustments. I think that's just a huge part um, of the game, like you mentioned, in leagues across the, the world, being able to play an opponent twice, you obviously get to answer that question. Oh, what if I would have just done this? What if I, I keep my defense more compact? What if I make this substitution here? Oh, I like that mismatch. You may or may not get to use that in the conference tournament, but you undoubtedly get to use it this year. And of course, that's going to come with having players on the field in a senior role or a, a veteran role. Who are some, uh, and again, Coach Kelly, we'll start with you. Who are some girls that you're going to expect to have that senior uh, role and leadership role heading into this year? Yeah. I mean, so for, for us, being a younger team, we are a younger team. If you look at our roster, it's going to, it looks different. We graduated, yeah. you know, some veteran players. Um, so leadership wise, there, there's, you know, three key players that, that I would, that I would focus on who will be, you know, kind of our captains this year. Um, Michaela Petticourt, um, she's in her senior year. She's been with the program the entire time. Um, she's a central midfielder, sits kind of in that number six role as a holder. Um, and, and she's the force to be reckoned with in the middle of the field. Um, she does a great job distributing, but what's come around the past since, since the spring semester, right? Um, her leadership has evolved tremendously. Um, you know, she's learned to use that voice. She's learned to to approach players and, and just push them a little bit more, holding them accountable. Um, and that that's going to be really big for her, um, as well as a, a player named Kendall Glover, who was playing outside back for us for a good amount of time last year. She's a transfer student. Um, she's going into her senior year. She came from uh, Belmont Abbey um, her freshman year. And so she's been with us, you know, since I arrived. And so she has a, a you know, a deep passion not only for the game, but for each individual girl. I mean, she will approach you in a personal level and say, hey, I see you, got you, you know, I got your back. And, and that's a different kind of leadership, but it's going to translate the same way. And, and the third player is is Ramsey Watkins. She's a sophomore. Um, so we're talking about, you know, leadership. She's a young leader. Or she's, she'll be a junior. I'm sorry. She'll be a junior. Um, and so she plays outside back. She, she plays winger for us. Um, you know, who knows where she'll end up this year. Uh, you never really know right now, um, but and she's that she's a player who will a completely a third style of leader who will just get in your face. You know, she's got a bit of a, a chip on her shoulder, which I like um, as described as myself as a player. But you know, she's she's not someone who will ever back out of a tackle. Um, you know, she likes being on on the fan side on that wing, kind of gets everybody riled up a little bit. She, she's that kind of a leader. Um, an emotional leader. So there's, there's different styles of leadership that, that can evolve. 
And we've really focused on that since January. And, and those three girls kind of set themselves apart to, to only become those leaders, but also take ownership of the captain role within the locker room. That's a point that uh, Coach Patochny brings up to us, uh, the, the leaders and the captains on uh, the football team, is you don't have to lead the same way play, player A doesn't have to lead the same way as player B. Um, whether um, I'm I, I could, I'm a little bit more of a vocal guy. I'll go and I'll talk to you, put your arm around you and uh, all that. And we have some guys that they may not say a word, but the work they put in day in and day out, that's being a leader I and mean, sh- showing what they do on the field, off the field, how they handle themselves. And again, that all stems uh, to culture and, and building a culture. But uh, for Coach Clay, uh, what about you? We, we talked about uh, s- some new faces stepping up earlier. What about some returners and some leadership that you're going to have to have this year? Yeah, uh, same way. You know, we're, we're going to be relying upon um, – some of the staples that were a part of our team the last couple of years and, and, you know, have evolved into um, a great, a great leader for this team. And I think we'll help kind of carry the, the new guys that were able to come in and come around them. Uh, they will be our captain as captains as well. Um, and one will be Eduardo Venatolo. Obviously he's a, a huge presence on the field, okay. uh, a big physical guy. Um, and, and, but what he brings to the game and his, his goal scoring ability, uh, he's a lead by example guy and he's not too, too much the vocal, the vocal, um, guy, but he's going to put the effort in and, and he's going to softly say in the locker room, guys, this is what we got to do. You know, he's, he's got a profound way about when he does speak. And, and so, uh, it's a different, a different, you know, kind of leadership role for a college kid, uh, but just speaks to his maturity. Um, and then Roque Viegas Jr. will be the other one who came to us last year um, from a Division One school and had a tremendous year. And, and um, you know, his his just presence on the field uh, is is calming. It's electric. It can be what the game needs. He's super intelligent, um, but just a, a, a wonderful person. You know, he is not the guy who is trying to divide the group. He is the rallying cry uh, away from the field. Uh, to say let's let's do what we need to do let's be our best on and off the field leads by example in the classroom and uh and and on the field and uh, just super delighted for those guys to step into those roles and and already you know as we've already started here our preseason camp they're they're kind of um you know they're already taking charge the way I was hoping for so I'm really excited for uh, how that evolves over the the next few weeks as we get ready I, I am too. I mean, you, you talk about uh, two guys, Eduardo. That's that's another guy, uh, big, a six five six six. And I just had to uh, kind of go through my mind. Uh, uh, your brother Caleb was just talking about how you you in the box, big tall defender in the box. I was like, I wonder what Coach Clay in his prime uh, would have looked like going up for a corner along with Eduardo. I think that'd have been that'd have been a pretty uh, that'd be a pretty good. Uh, match. He doesn't stand a chance, man. I'll go ahead and tell you. <laughs> I've I've seen some I've seen some clips. Oh, he's uh, pretty, pretty big. I'll have have to uh, believe you. Uh, Coach Clay, I got uh, another question for you. Um, And this is one, uh, especially talking with coach. I like to ask uh, coaches that have been around uh, their program for a while. if They've had a big moment and you helped uh, orchestrate arguably the biggest moment in Southeastern soccer's history back in 2015. You helped bring that first uh, tournament title home after a great 
uh, regular season. Uh, you just talk a little bit. What was that experience like? You know, feeling like you kind of you know, kicking the door open and saying, "Okay, Southeastern soccer is here. Here's our first tournament." Obviously, um, the, the last seven, seven uh, now eight years since then, uh, you kept you kept the door open. But that moment, 2015, first title comes back home to Lakeland. You just talk to us about what that experience was like. Yeah. You know, for me, it's one of those things that uh, it's what you you kind of take a job for, you know, and I, I know that um, that experience that year was uh, just after I had come to Southeastern as my second year. That first year kind of rewind it back to the first year after I left and came from Ocala. Um, you know, we, we didn't really know what we we're getting into. I'll say it that way uh, in year one and put together a pretty good re- recruiting class and just kind of kind of finding our way, really. Uh, some fantastic players that came in and, and had a great year. I think we went 10-4-2, something like that. I said, okay, I, I know that the lumps that we took, those four lumps, they were they they were quite a bit uh, ahead of us. And so we had to we had to do a better job to build on what we had in year one. And we're able to get some uh, probably the most coachable group that I have ever been a part of. Um, guys that believed in each other had some talent. Um, and just said, you know what, we're going to do whatever you tell us to do, and we're going to do it to the best of our ability, and we're going to do it together. And when you get that kind of makeup, that kind of DNA, uh, a team on paper might look a little bit, um, you know, behind, you know, some of the big dogs, but uh, that unity will take you to some some pretty awesome places, and, and that's how I describe that team as one of the most unified teams uh, I've ever been a part of, and uh, they played well above their talent level and ran the show man they won the regular season title they won the conference tournament went to the sweet 16 i mean you're talking about a year that those kids did not know was ahead of them uh but just you know kind of circles back and, and speaks to when you can hopefully implement the right culture you can get the right things going and uh when people believe in that and and they jump on board you know they they reap the benefit for that so super proud of that group it set it in motion here for Southeastern as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, we, we've been able to, to, to be in the, in the tournament a few more times after that. And, and, and so we're, we're, we're gunning for another appearance this year. Absolutely. Y'all I got one more question uh, for both of you. It actually transitions uh, perfectly into this final question. Um, I I think Southeastern, both men's and women's side prime for great runs uh, this year. I fully expect both y'all be back in uh, Alabama uh, for the tournament. Tournament still uh, same location, Decatur, Orange Beach, correct? No, no, no changes, no change ups. Correct. Okay. All right. So I just want to make sure that that, that was right before um, it says something confusing. Because I know, so, you know, you know how it is. I'm in the NAI tournaments. So it'd be there one year and next year it's like, all right, we're, we're switching up. But uh, anyways, get, get, to get to my question. I just want y'all to uh, answer this for me. Coach Caleb, we'll start, start with you. Southeastern women's soccer reaches all of their goals, goes to a national tournament, and maybe even brings home that first red banner if they do what, uh, leading up into the fall and then heading into the season. Yeah, I mean, I think it's already started. The the answer's already started in, our, in the program right now in the day and a half. Um, the only way that we get to a red banner to get to, to Alabama is if we can come together as a team, um, which kind of is what, you know, Clay touched on from that team in 2015, which is what we've been emphasizing the past couple of years with, with the women's side. Um, I, I believe that you play harder and you play a little bit tougher. You fight a little bit more 
when the people in the field are your best friends um, and not just people in the field like that are playing, you know, the ones that are not playing, are you engaged? Are you, you know, supporting your team to, to the fullest extent? Because those are your best friends. It's a culture thing. A relational team who is tight knit, um, you know, chemistry goes a lot farther than, than talent sometimes deeper in the season because your body's worn down that talent level, you know, especially when you get to that final, even the national tournament, you're playing, you know, two games in a weekend, um, get the national tournament, you're playing three games in a week. Um, the talent level carries you so far, but the chemistry, I think that that's the kicker here. That's what's going to take it over the top. And I mean, we're seeing it in the world cup right now um, with, with different teams, the teams that have talent, maybe you're struggling. The teams that are, that are tight with each other and are fighting for each other. They're having a, a bit more fun yeah. um, while they're winning. And so I think that's the key for our program, um, which, you know, it, it goes back to culture, goes back to chemistry. Absolutely. We, we keep uh, going right back where we kind of start off with, with uh, the, the culture and having that team chemistry. Uh, real quick, you just mentioned uh, uh, watching the Women's World Cup. How are those uh, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. alarms to get up and watch the ga- games been? Because they've, uh, they've been a little rough a couple of the nights. Yeah, you know, a couple of nights ago, it's tough to find your glasses sometimes on the bedside table. <laughs> you know, you got to reach over, find those things, quiet down the alarm quickly, not to wake, you know, your wife up. Yeah. But, you know, it's been enjoyable to watch and, and watching the Uche, you know, canoe in Nigeria, yeah. playing in Sweet 16, who is, you know, an SCU alum and scoring a, at least one World Cup goal, maybe another one to come. And she started two games. So it's kind of fun to, to send those messages to the team. Like, hey, she was a part of who we are even before I was here, before you were here. But she she is one of us, and look at her play on, on the world's biggest stage right now. So it, it's fun to just implement that. I remember, um, again, and, uh, Donnie Gray help, helps with a lot on the sports information. Uh, so I remember asking him uh, pretty pretty soon after we, we, we had met up, I was like, who are some, like, some Southeast people like from before, like uh, before Suncast, before I got to Weber? I remember him mentioning her, and he's like, yeah, she's playing for the – a national team here in a couple of years, she's probably going to be in the world cup in new, new Zealand. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, it was, it's just crazy. I and mean, it shows there's talent at, at every level. We talk about it. Baseball foot. We just saw um, JJ Sanchez, one of y'all's guys, Southeastern just got signed for the blue Jays had uh, Sean young wide receiver here at Weber. Just got, uh, he was signed with the saints, went through camp with them. Um, I, I got to call now before I get up on that sun conference. You know, if, if I get on that sun conference soapbox, we'll be here for another 20, 20, 30 <laughs> minutes guys. But uh, coach Clay, um, same, same question for you. Uh, y'all reach y'all's goal. Y'all get back to uh, y'all bring another conference tournament to like Lakeland. Y'all win. Uh, y'all win an opening round, get back uh, to, to Alabama and bring that, uh, hopefully bring that uh, red, red banner to Lakeland. If Southeastern's men's soccer d- does what now? They got to show up in the big moment, um, and that's the best way I can say it. And the big moment is every game. And so we're just kind of implementing here from day one. Let's own each day, and let's go day to day. Uh, we can talk about being national champions. We can talk about being conference champions. Um, but I want to – I heard a, a very successful coach named, named Sick, uh, Nick Saban say, you can talk about that, but what you better be talking about is how you're going to do that. Uh, and pay more attention to how you're going to do that. Um, because if you're not paying attention to that detail and your preparation, um, you're just dreaming and, and it's not going to happen. Uh, and so we're, we're trying to stay pretty uh, level-headed and, 
and and show up in the big moment. Uh, last year, we uh, went up to Bethel University, the national champion, and we're winning the game and conceded late to tie 2-2. Uh, we were beating Lindsey Wilson, who went deep in the tournament last year here at home, gave up a late goal, tied 3-3. Just the big moment. The big moment needs to uh, to be something that that becomes a little bit more meaningful. Uh, and sometimes you got to go through that and experience to even know what that means. And I think that's what this team did last year. And uh, and, and they felt that uh, even going back to our, our conference semifinal at St. Thomas. Uh, to another tie with a top 25 team to lose in PK. Um, you're right there. You're right there. And yeah. so to show up in a big moment uh, is, is what we've got to do, but we've got to, we've got to really focus on how we're going to do that. And so that's our language this year. Well, Je- well, uh, uh, coach, you, uh, Caleb, th- I saw, uh, you good? All good. Yeah. yeah. yeah my, oh, okay. She's, she's a wild one. So I, she's I, a- I, I understand perfectly. I mean, I, that, that that just gets me my final point, guys. I, I know y'all are busy. Fall, y- y'all's camp has just started up. It's the busiest time of the year. Y'all are trying to build y'all's rosters, get everything for uh, the the season, and then very shortly after that, the Sun Conference uh, season. So, Coach Clay, Coach Caleb, I really appreciate both of you guys uh, taking time out of y'all's very busy schedule. Coming on, talking about some Southeastern soccer. Um, I, I've said it on, uh, on the last episode, but kind of how – we're doing it's a lot more organized uh now last year when it was just kind of me doing all the fall sports josh um did 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 football uh this year we i have two uh great guys that joined on in the spring they were huge helps and they're going to be helping out uh in the fall as well manny down at saint thomas and brian down at ave maria they're going to have kind of their main deal uh with volleyball and cross country of course i'll be involved with those two sports but my my big thing my head focus is men's and women's soccer this fall we talked about it a little bit of beginning it's a sport that i have a ton of passion for i remember when i was uh, a kid growing up uh, Co- coach clay we were talking about uh, uh before we hopped on about uh that's what that's what i played growing up but i remember getting up seven eight o'clock on, on a saturday or, or sunday when i was a kid uh middle school high, throughout high school i'd be like all right let's go to nbc sports let's see what's going on with premier leagues we got going on bn sports if barcelona's on that that was my team, especially uh, that that MSN run, man. The Messi, Suarez, Neymar days. I could watch. I could watch that version of Barcelona play all day from the midfield when they had Xavi, Rakitic, uh, Iniesta, so on and so forth. I love soccer. My point being, look, looking forward to covering uh, y'all soccer teams, all of Sun Conference soccer. Uh, really excited for this fall. It's going to be an awesome fall. Uh, like you said, Coach Clay, going to be wide open on the men's side, Coach Caleb. We already know women's side is going to be fun with the big three up, up top. And then, as we saw, it, it, there's teams in the middle of the pack that are going to be just just as good competing uh, with, with the usual top three, the Bees, the Hawks, and the Fire. But wrapping up, gentlemen, I really appreciate you all again. If there's anything else you all wanted uh, to say, Mike's all yours. If not, um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, Reagan, thanks for having us, man. Look forward to the year. Yes, sir. Yeah. Appreciate it, Reagan. We love what you're doing. We're gonna get some of those Suncast uh, podcast uh, jerseys made up for us over here. Now that's something. I, I think I think you and I de- definitely need to talk. Maybe a little warm up jersey or something like that. Hey, 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 you know what I'm saying? We can we can advertise. We can get something going. Good. 
Tell you what, let's uh, l- l- let's end this and l- l- let's talk real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for listening. It, was like, it sounds like we got some business opportunities to, to talk about. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode. Uh, thank all of you. Have a wonderful weekend.